Today on the 1012 Podcast, myself, Daniel, and Chris are making picks for every Week 9 Big 12 game. We're joined by friend of the pod, Kelly Ford, aka K Ford Ratings, to talk the Shine Bowl, the Battle for the Tent Trophy, Oklahoma at Kansas, every game on the docket. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 14 teams in the Big 12 Conference, plus Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State. We are the flagship show of the 1012 Network. Find every show in the network at 1012network.com. That's T E N, the number 12, the word network. And we are partners with Sports Social, Europe's biggest sports podcast network. Go check them out. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us for our picks episode. Every episode is someone's first, so let's break down how this works. We will pick every Big 12 team or game against the spread or over under and one non-Big 12 game. Joining me as they do every Thursday to make picks, he is our pro picker. He is the guy we go to for creative stats and interesting data. He is Daniel Alexander. Hey, we're, uh, I feel like I'm catching up to first place here. We're, uh, I didn't finish last this week. So I'll take it. Let's keep it running. You did not. You did <laughs> not. Uh, we will talk about what happened last week in just a minute. And I I know one person who doesn't want to do that. He is the LGGOG himself. He is Chris Ross. Yeah, spoiler alert. I came in last. Thanks, Daniel. Uh, it's okay. It's all right. Hey, right. you're going to have those weeks. It is what it is. It happens to, it happens to the best, right? Like yeah. it, it mm-hmm. happens to everyone. Uh, one person yeah. who is hoping that it won't happen to him is this week's guest. This is the last week of the season, the last idle week in the Big 12. So for the rest of the year, the regular season, seven games a week for the Big 12. So this is the last week for a guest. And so we're ending it. I mean, I don't want to insult any of our previous guests that have been on here and say that we've saved the best for last. But I'll just say that we have two guests every year that we make sure to schedule first and everyone else fills in. One is Chase, who was here two weeks ago. The other one is friend of the podcast. He is Kelly Ford from thelines.com and the We Hate Your Team podcast. Kelly, welcome back, man. Hey, Philip. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's always fun coming on this podcast with you, Daniel, Chris. This is going to be great, man. I can't wait. I I say it every time I come on with you and I want to say it again. 
as I have continued to grow the K Ford ratings brand, grow in the podcast space, grow in the college football writing space, like all of it, dude, comes back to a couple of guest appearances that I made during the what 2021 season. One was on statistically speaking with Kyle and Blinken, Oklahoma and Texas guys still in the Big 12 for at least a few more months here. And the other one, the 1012 Network podcast with you, Philip. So I am eternally grateful for what this podcast has done for me, what this podcast means to me, and what this podcast means to the Big 12 Conference. One of my favorite conferences in all of college football. It's only going to get better next year with the 16-team league. So I just, I really appreciate it. I'm so excited to be here. And man, you guys have talked about the streaks that the guests have been on. I'm really hoping that I can I can end this season for the guests on a high note, but Oh, man, it's it's a tall task. It's hard. Picking games is hard, as you guys know, and I'm really looking forward to picking uh, the Week 9 slate of Big 12 games. And as we say, it's not just picking games. Like It's one thing if you get to pick the games you want to pick. It's when you're forced to pick <laughs> certain games, then you just have to... Like, let's just say it this way. Like Daniel has said it, and he says it every time. He'll tell you when he's going to have a real money down on a game. He does not have real money on every game. But this is what we do because we're a Big 12 show. Kelly, it's always a pleasure to have you here. Uh... Take a seat for a second because we're going to recap what happened last week. Uh, I was last week's winner. I went four and three. Big winning week right there. Uh, Daniel came in second at three and four. Uh, Grayson, our guest, uh, the first guest, best performance guest has had at three and four. And Chris went one and six last week. Let's break these down. Uh, one and six for Chris. Let's just knock this out of the way. Let's pull it, rip off the bandaid. You hit. On Kansas State, minus 6.5 versus TCU. The misses were Oklahoma, minus 18.5. Cincinnati versus 3.5 versus Baylor. West Virginia, minus 3.5 versus OSU. Texas, minus 23.5 versus Houston. <clears throat> Texas Tech, minus 3 versus BYU. And Oregon, minus 21-6 on the week. Brings your total to 31-37. and 37. Yeah, rough week for sure. Uh, hey, Oklahoma State looks like a completely different team. One of you, the Cowboys will get into this more, but the Cowboys – after three weeks, look like maybe the worst team in the Big 12. Three weeks after that, they look like probably the third best behind OU in Texas. It's wild. Um, but also, in my defense, OU came out flatter than day-old soda. And after an extra week to prepare after the Texas game. And then who could have predicted the the uh, Quentin Ewers injury, right? Like, Texas was well on their way to cover that game. So it is what it is. It's a rough week. Uh, we'll try to get past it. That, that game, they weren't covering that game when he was Quinn was still in. But was it like twenty one to zero? That was in the first quarter. Like oh, Quinn yeah, played yeah. until like, he got the injured fourth. After that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he played yeah. until the fourth quarter. Like Houston made that comeback before Texas. That still wasn't covering. True. Four True. scores, Fred. Uh, hey, give it, give it to me. Uh, okay, okay, <laughs> whatever you need, man. Uh, like I said, our guest Grayson went three and four. Uh, brings the guest total to seven and nineteen. Kelly, the bar is still very, very low for you. Uh, Daniel, three and four on the week. Hit on Baylor plus three and a half for Cincinnati. Hit on the over forty nine and a half in West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and hit on Charlotte plus seven. The misses were Oklahoma minus eighteen and a half. Texas minus 23 and a half versus Houston. Texas Tech minus three versus BYU. And the over 59 in Kansas State TCU. Three and four on the week brings your total to 34 and 34. 500, baby. Uh, that over in K-State, that was painful. I mean, I mean, you go back and, you know, you look at the spreadsheet, you, you look at the box score, that over should have hit. Um, they were on pace for it there until about halftime. That the second half just died. And the TCU really surprised me. 
Uh, I guess BYU and, and TCU surprised me. Uh, I didn't expect that outcome, but there we are. The other two, those giant spreads, I'm not as, you know, not totally surprised. Hate giant, this week. Hate giant spreads. Hate them. Hate them. <clears throat> With every fiber of my being, hate them. Uh, I went four and three. Hit on the over 49.5 in West Virginia, Oklahoma State. Hit on BYU plus 3.5. BYU wins weird games. Texas Tech plays weird, weird games. Like, if BYU is going to be in a weird one. Ride with the Cougs. Uh, hit on Kansas State, minus 6.5 for TCU. And hit on the under 34.5 in Navy Air Force because Service Academy Unders, they just make money. Uh, missed on the Oklahoma, minus 18.5. Missed on the under 50.5 in Cincinnati Baylor. And missed on the over 61 in Houston, Texas. Had Houston scored to send that game into overtime, the over would have hit. But a bad third down spot and then frankly also a bad fourth down play call kept that under there what bothers me about that one that is the second time this season i had something written down in my notes and did the opposite the first one was the ou cincinnati where i took ou to cover 14 and a half and i had my notes that said if it's over 14 don't do it and then i had if it's 61 or more take the under. And then I sat here in the pod and went like, nah, stupid notes. What do you know? Let's take the over. And I should have just, just ride with the notes, Philip. You work on these notes all day, two days, ride with the notes. So we'll stick with the notes today for the games that I have notes on. Uh, just some of them, not so much others. All right. Y'all ready to make some picks for week nine of the big 12? Yeah, let's do it. We have a six game slate. And of course, a non big 12 pick to make as well. We do this the same way every single week. We go in chronological order. We have three games in the Big 12 that kick off at 11 a.m. I was the victor last week, which means I have to go first. So we're going to kick things off with Kansas State. Nope, just kidding. I'm doing things. Yeah. I've got Kansas State Houston on the list. That's right. Okay. You said UCF earlier, Daniel, in the pre-recording, and it, and it completely threw off my whole my whole thing here. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you under the bus. Okay, we're taking Kansas State at home versus Houston. As of now, the Wildcats are 17 and a half point favorites. I do see some 10, 17s out there. Uh, total at 58 and a half. I do think I see some 59s. I gotta remember to go get a couple of other places lines up. Oh man, uh, look. Part of me really wants to take Kansas State to cover this, um, which kind of goes against my whole like, I really like what Donovan Smith has been doing for Houston and think he's going to continue to play fairly well. Like He is on a, what, five game run now where he has been very efficient, very effective, kept the, hasn't been turning over the ball. Like, I really like what he's been doing for Houston. Houston has been playing better each week. But you had what happened in the game you had circled on your calendar all year against Texas. There is no way you're going to get up as emotionally for a road game at Kansas State as you did for a home game against Texas. And even a home game against West Virginia when you were still just trying to find your first Big 12 win and feel like the conference the season wasn't going to fall apart. Like, I, I don't think Houston performs as well in this game as they have the last two weeks on the road at Kansas State, who still has a good defense. All of that said, I'm taking the under. Because the under feels like the right play here. Because as you noted, Daniel, 
Kansas State gets up, and if they can get up in a game, they're going to just play, slow it down, run the ball, not worry about score, put the game away, and get out of there. If they can get up by a few touchdowns, they don't need style points. They're not interested in trying to blow anybody out. If they blow you out, it's because your defense couldn't get some basic stops. Kansas State is perfectly fine to just stand there and hold the ball for an entire second half and then go home with a W. So with a total at 58 and a half, now I said I got 259s. I see them at Caesars and Station. Daniel? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that's live. All right. Then give me the under 59 in Kansas State, Houston. Let's see. Um, Daniel, you're up next, sir. What would you like? This game has the law of Dana written all over it. So, <laughs> look, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you in the sense of, of, you know, if Kansas State can get up, looking at last week, they, they sort of had a boa constrictor type vibe in that second half, totally slowed the game down. Because I agree with that, because I think that is a strong possibility, especially with them as, you know, 17, 17 and a half point favorites, I have to take the over. Uh, it's like whatever, right? We, we talk about it every week or almost every other week. It's like whatever you think is going to happen in a Dana game, it's like that's not what happens. Uh, you know, we took Houston, what was it, against BYU or, or who, no, you know, West Virginia uh, a couple weeks ago, and it's like, they shouldn't have covered that game or won it. Uh, so give me the over because it doesn't make any sense. Because I agree with you, this is a Dana game. I I would love to catch a Kansas State over once this year, once in my lifetime. So <laughs> give me a 58 and a half over this Kansas State-Houston game. I like it. All right, Chris? Yeah, I mean, that Texas or Houston wouldn't have covered it, uh, except for that one Hail Mary. So, man, this game is tough. I liked it. It opened at like 16 and a half and moved to 17 and a half. Is that right? Um, uh, sure. Uh, I, I'm not going to confirm. I, I, I liked it better under the 17. Uh, stuff, but, you know, Kansas State's looking good. Uh, Will Howard's playing clean the last couple of weeks. No, no picks for him after um, kind of an ugly start to the season in, in turnovers. Uh, the Wildcats, I just they look solid. I think they're doing pretty good. Efficiency likes Kansas State by what was it, twenty one point four. So even with the seventeen and a half, I think I still have to take the cast to cover at home. All right, KSU. Oh, and, and it's gonna be cold. I don't know if, how Houston's gonna take that. Let's see, best I can get you. Actually, I've got two seventeens at station oh, and it. win. Perfect. Thank you. All right, Kelly. All right. I have to start with my professional disclaimer obligation comment. I work in college athletics at a division one conference office because I'm a collegiate athletics administrator. I am prohibited from actually placing bets on any sport event that the NCAA sponsors. The NCAA does sponsor football. The conference in which I work does not, but because the NCAA does, I cannot actually place my own money or give official picks for these things. I am allowed to talk about what my numbers say and all those things. So everyone knows I am not actually placing these bets that I am saying what the side my number would lean on here, just for the record. Um, but I'm going to, Philip, I'm going to take Kansas State minus 17. If you're given the 17, I'm going to take that minus 17. I would have done 17 and a half even. I'm also throughout the show here, as people might remember from the past, but just a reminder, my model, I really lean into the 
spread numbers. Yes, I have over under totals. I don't publish those publicly to at least currently to the public because to me, that is a strictly betting application. Whereas a spread, you know, you can actually turn, talk about, you know, the relative talent discrepancy between two teams. I think that makes more sense. It has to go with win probabilities and things like that, that I'm able to extrapolate season long projections for totals. That's strictly betting. And so I'm all for anyone else who wants to do that. And if that's where you want to go, if that's where the most value is great. All my picks are going to be against the spread here uh, tonight. So give me Kansas state minus the 17, Guys, Kansas State right now, this is a good football team. I've got them number 20 in my most deserving rankings. That's the best they've been uh, most deserving ranked all year. There's only a 76% chance the average top 25 team would have a 5-2 and two record or better against Kansas State's schedule. That's number 23 nationally, the best they've been all year. Outscoring their opponents by 7.4 points per game, more than would be expected of the average top 25 team against Kansas State's schedule. That's number 11 nationally, the best they've been all year. And that's all resume stuff. So that doesn't help us make the pick. For making the pick, Kansas State has a K-Ford rating of 17.7. They're number 14 in the country right now by that by my numbers. Those are both the best they've been all year. This Kansas State team is peaking, and they're peaking at the right time. Uh, my numbers like them by 20 and a half in this game, so I will take the 17. They have the number 11 offense, the number 28 defense. Houston, they have the number 101 defense. This is the worst opposing defense that Kansas State is going to play all year by my numbers. Um, the Houston offense, though, they're up to a season-best number 25. So I actually do think the Houston offense has the advantage on that side of the ball, but not nearly the advantage that the Kansas State offense does. The only thing to note here for Kansas State in terms of maybe they don't cover, are they peaking ahead? There's a massive, massive game next week in Austin against the Texas Longhorns. I hope Kansas State is fully focused on Houston because if they're not, I could see them winning, but certainly not covering. And since I'm making a pick against the spread here, I hope Kansas State um, is focused on this one. Guys, Kansas State, to me, has the third best chances to make the Big 12 championship behind Oklahoma and Texas. A win here doesn't really help them because the win expectancy is so high. A loss would be hugely detrimental to the Wildcats' chances to make that, that Big 12 championship game. It's next week's game. Um, I'd definitely be tuning in to see who you guys are picking in that one or what what the value is there because that one's going to be great. And this one, give me Kansas State minus 17, Philip. Hey, something on the look ahead there. Um, this is in Manhattan, Kansas. Is this uh, homecoming? Uh, I actually don't know if that is homecoming. They've got two more home games later. They got Baylor in week 11 and they got Iowa state in week 13. So I don't know when they scheduled their homecoming, but there are a couple more chances for them. I'm not sure though. Yeah. That, um, if, if it, it is, is homecoming, it, it might is. help against the look ahead. It is homecoming. Nice. I like that. It's good. So there you go. There we go. All right. I like it. All right. Let's move on down. We got it. As I said, three 11 a.m. kickoffs. We have what we are affectionately calling the shine bowl. It is sunshine versus moonshine. West Virginia on the road at UCF. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I can't. Hold on. I have to. Uh, let me. Let me pull up my my. Uh, oh, I can't remember who who actually shared that on Twitter. And now I can't remember, and I hate that because I I, I said it on Monday show. Go back and listen. I gave proper credit then. I can't keep remembering to give credit. It's the best. It's the best thing I've I've seen. I made a dumb trophy for it. And I'll post it on social because there's nothing I love more than wasting half an hour in Illustrator making dumb fake trophies. Um, I'm sorry, I'm rambling, but I don't care. At the moment, UCF is a seven point favorite. Pretty consistent across the board in this one total, fifty eight. I see some fifty eight and a halfs. If that is something that uh, tickles your fancy, Daniel, you are up first, sir. What would you like? UCF, I mean, 
all the credit in the world for the game that they gave Oklahoma last week. Um, it was exciting. It was fun. It's a great game. Oklahoma obviously got away with the win. UCF, as massive dogs, kept it close, crushed the spread. Now they have to turn around and come back and win by more than a touchdown against a West Virginia team that, uh, you know, I, I, are they a little overrated? I think, you know, uh, in the record, yes, but – to think that they can't come down and hang with a team like UCF after UCF just gave Oklahoma everything they got. Um, I just feel like this is a good spot here for West Virginia. You know, conference road dog catching a touchdown in a game where UCF left it all in the field. I'm going to take the Mountaineers here. So what am I taking? I'm taking moonshine plus seven. <laughs> yes. So let's go. Uh, yeah. Moonshine plus seven here. And, you know, again, no disrespect to Gus or the team or anything like that. I just think it's hard to just turn right back around and go win this game by margin. I love it. I love it. All right, Chris. Yeah, I'm actually with Daniel here. Uh, UCF, they did great against OU. I, I, I don't think OU had the best game plan uh, last weekend, but but all credit to UCF. Uh, but still, four in a row losses. That's, that's tough. West Virginia coming off a couple losses on their own. I like West Virginia to kind of get it going a little bit more than I like UCF. I mean, yes, this is at UCF, like at home for them, but we saw what happened with the Baylor game. Uh, give me West Virginia. All right, Kelly. Awesome. Uh, I, I feel like we're definitely going to lose because of all the consensus oh, we have here. But uh, I, I'm taking Moonshine plus seven, too. Give me West Virginia plus seven. My numbers in this one like UCF by six. So honestly, there's there's not a lot of value here between my projected spread and Vegas, but I got to make a pick, and here's where I'm going. I'm going with West Virginia in the points. Um, for me, guys, you know – what has happened to West Virginia in the last couple of weeks? I, West Virginia fans have given me, you know, headaches in the past on social media and telling me that I don't respect their team enough. I had West Virginia number 14 in my most deserving rankings after week six, uh, coming out of their bye week, their off week. Now they've lost at Houston. They've lost to Oklahoma State. They've fallen down the, the most deserving. They've fallen a little bit in the power ratings. They're number 52 in the power ratings, the number 49 offense, the number 65 defense. UCF, they have a season best, number 20 on offense right now coming out of that, that game that they did. They gave Oklahoma everything they could handle. Bottom line, though, they haven't won a game since week three. I mean, they've lost four in a row. They had an off week in there. They're going to be emotionally, I would think, exhausted. Like, like Daniel said, they gave Oklahoma everything they had on the road. My numbers still like UCF to win. I just don't know if they can cover uh, the seven points. My numbers like the offense on the, the two offenses in this game, though, so I do think there's going to be some points here. UCS power rated 35. Give me West Virginia plus seven. My numbers make it UCF minus six. <laughs> Oh, please come with us, Philip. I'm no, no, hold on. I'm scrolling back. Um, because it, it, when it's typically three on one, right, the one is right. Um, <laughs> last week I took the over instead of Houston. I was off. I should have taken Houston. Uh, Grayson took the over instead of UCF. He should have taken UCF. It is almost to a point dead on. <laughs> That when three of us pick one team, you should always pick the other. It never, ever fails. It is just the most ridiculous thing in the world. Because here's the problem. I think I agree with you guys. Here's the deal. Teams are rushing 7.3% more on a than average against UCF. UCF's run defense 
114 PPA allowed per rush, 132nd in rushing success allowed, 132nd in offensive line yards allowed, 120th in defensive success rate against the run, 111th in EPA per rush. UCF sucks against the rush. Hey, you know what? I know West Virginia doesn't actually have the best offensive line in the country, like Neil Brown claimed, but it is a good offensive line, and C.J. Donaldson is a good running back. They're going to be able to run the ball well. We also just saw Ollie Gordon run all over. West Virginia. And they have a, a decent defensive line and, and defense. UCF is a team that likes to run the ball. And if John Rice Plumley is healthy, he he's a decent running quarterback. Like this feels like a game where there's gonna be a lot of running, which typically would make me want to lean towards the under. Two running teams, we're gonna we're gonna lean towards the under. West Virginia's offense has been playing much better. Their defense has struggled. UCF's defense has just had a, had a decent performance against Oklahoma. The offense has been a little better. The numbers tell me, take West Virginia. Uh, Parker's got basically UCF by seven. Room 44's got UCF by three and a half. TSI or TSU has a UCF by 5.8. Kelly said by six. Like everything screams, take West Virginia. Take a total. I don't care what any of it says. I have learned a valuable lesson on this podcast, and I'm not going to ignore it. UCF minus seven. <laughs> I can't. I, like, I, oh, it's free money. It's, Go for it. It's, Great it's, move. Look, Great move, trend, man. trends matter. And in this podcast, yeah. the trend says, if three people take one team, take the other. Just do it. So uh, I will not ignore the trend. I am not so smart uh, to do so. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we got one more 11 a.m. game. That is Oklahoma on the road at the Kansas Jayhawks. This game is big noon kickoff. Fox's big noon show is going to be there. There are still tickets available for this. We all do in Kansas. Come on, I know basketball season is here, but it, like, like it, you you can skip the scrimmage and the like exhibition game. And buy the tickets and go to this. This is where you need to be hosting Oklahoma. I know it's Jason Bean, again, starting at quarterback. Y'all, I don't think Jalen Daniels is going to come back, but we can talk about that another day. Oklahoma on the road, a 10-point favorite total. Mostly 65. I do see some 65 and a half, so if anyone is of interest in that. Chris, you're up first, sir. What would you like? Yeah, I don't think Kansas fans are going to have any problems showing up to this game. I, I mean, who doesn't love the Kansas story right now? They're, they're building their solid squad. Jason Bean, you know, he's a decent quarterback in his own right. He's, you know, has wheels. He can, he can move. He's going to be a headache for OU. But I think the worst thing that happened for Kansas was Oklahoma's performance last week. They just came out flat. They came out uninspired. And I, I like Venables to kind of have this team back and focused and, Unfortunately for Kansas, put on a show. Uh, the efficiency BCS or B, yeah BCF they like uh, they they have this over a fourteen point game. Actually, I'm going to take OU to cover, but if I'm wrong on this one, I won't hate it. Kelly, 
Philip, I see, and again, I, I, I'm not, I don't know if this is right or not. I see it looks like on DraftKings Sportbook, based on what I'm looking at, I see an Oklahoma minus nine. So I don't know if that's playable. I don't know if that's eligible here or who we have to to run that by. If we can't do nine, I'll do, I'll do Oklahoma 10. Uh, my numbers think Oklahoma is going to win this one by about 15 and a half. So I just don't think that even at 10, I mean, I don't think Kansas is going to be able to cover that one here, even though they're at home. Oklahoma is a phenomenal football team. Uh, this is a team that I had number 14 coming into the year. They quickly rose up into the top three. They are this week number four. It's the lowest they've been for you know almost a month and a half. Uh, they, they were number two for three straight weeks. They're now number four for me in the power ratings. They're outscoring their opponents by 14.1 points per game, more than would be expected of the average top 25 team. That is third nationally in my relative scoring margin metric. The offense is number six in the entire country. The defense is number 20. That's been where the improvement has been. I, I thought that Venables would get it figured out and the defense would be improved. I had them number 40 coming into the year. They're number 20. Like that side of the ball has been really good, much improved. The offense has been great as we expected. The Kansas offense, I have number 12 nationally right now. And hey, I know we got the backup quarterback in there. I think he's pretty good in his own right, as, as has been mentioned. It's season high, number 12 ranking. But the problem is that Kansas defense, I've talked about it before. It's why Kansas fans always get mad at me. And I only gave him a 44% chance to go bowling. That number's now all the way up to a 94% chance. Like, I think it's going to happen. I'm just not sure it's going to happen this week at home against Oklahoma. So my numbers have Oklahoma minus 15 and a half. I'll take Oklahoma and lay the points in this one, no matter what it is. I mean, t t 10 there is fine. So that's what my play will be. I just think Oklahoma's too good. In terms of what this does for Oklahoma's chances to make the Big 12 championship game and, and make the playoff, right now I have a 95% chance that Oklahoma makes the Big 12 championship. It's not going to get helped much by winning a game that I've got you projected as a two-score uh, favorite in. If they lose, they still have an 82% chance to make it to Arlington. So Oklahoma's pretty well locked in at this point to the Big 12 championship. The, the leverage here, though, is for the CFP. Currently a 78% chance to make it by my numbers. That's number two nationally behind only Florida State. 85% chance to make it with a win. If Oklahoma loses here, that chance to make the CFP currently would fall all the way down to a 41% chance. So again, in this four-team format, it's very important that teams don't stub their toes, especially in games in which you are not projected to lose. So there's a lot on the line for Oklahoma, even though it may not feel like it for Sooner fans. Every single game for your sites on the CFP, every single game is very important here. Give me Oklahoma, I'll lay the points. Daniel, are we allowing DraftKings? Yeah, if they're the only one of the nine, that has to be a mistake. This is this all, thing, I'm just saying, like it's been all good. 10. Yeah, yeah, all good. Keep, put it on 10. I'm just, I'm looking at the over at the lines.com where I do the writing. They, they always link it to these sport books, right? For all the articles I write. I'm not betting, but they always link it. So I pull that up whenever I have to do spreads. And they've got like seven different books listed. I saw the nine there highlighted in yellow. So it's like, this is your best one. So I was like, hey, I'll, I'll shoot for it. But yeah, 10's, 10's great. I'll take the 10. Yeah, they're the only nine I can find. Everyone else, uh, I'll, hold on. Let me. All, no, all, all good. Don't waste time on it, Philip. Let's take the t give me the ten and let, let's roll. I, I, I'm all good. Watch. Waste. They're gonna win. They're gonna win. They're gonna win by nine now. Watch. No, <laughs> this is a push for sure. Uh, <laughs> look. I mean, Oklahoma getting the scare they did takes away the fact that mm -hmm. Kansas is coming off their the buy the 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 built-in benefits of Kansas coming off their idle week and Kansas getting this game at home. Like I said, the stadium's still not sold out. So you're not like at this point. How I, I've seen OU fans talking about like they're they're going to be down there. There might be a decent OU contingent at this stadium on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So like we we're going to take the potential home field out of it for Kansas. You just had OU get their scare, and I am concerned about something. 
the back half of the schedule last year, Kansas's defense really started like they they played better in the front half, and they played better in the front half this season. And they've been opportunistic, and they've played smart plays, and they've done enough. They struggled in the back half of the schedule last year. As the season went on and depth became an issue and guys got tired. I know they're coming off of, a, of their auto week, but if you look, kind of look the last couple of weeks, like you, the offense struggled against Oklahoma State before the week off. The defense couldn't get enough stop, couldn't get the stops they needed to hold on to, I mean, a, a, a decent second half lead or a halftime lead. Kansas second half against UCF. UCF, that's, they got all 22 points in the second half. You know, I know Texas was already up. 13 to seven and a half, but then they put up another 27 in the second half. Like I'm concerned the second half defense stuff for Kansas is going to start rearing its ugly head and already has both second half of the season and in the second half of games. And this is a defense that look, I, I do think that they are better in spots and at certain positions. And I do think they can be very opportunistic, even more so than they were last year, but you're still looking at defense that. 93rd in EPA per pass on defense, 77th in EPA per rush, 117th in, in echo rate. Like, they're just not very good. Oklahoma's offense is good and efficient. Yes, it has a weakness at running back, but, like, this is not the defense that's that's, that's going to exploit that. And then the offense for Kansas is really good, even with Jason Bean. But the defense for Oklahoma is very good. Defense travels. Like, I just... I. The total is a little bit too high for me to want to touch because I it, I can see I can see a, a close to under like I could see a 61-62 scenario I could see a, a higher scoring scenario because Kansas offense does enough I think I'll use the right side here like I, I, again I get Oklahoma at ten I understand what happened last week no one's going to go perfect against the spread it's not going to happen OU still now what six and one against the spread and has covered numerous double digits. Last week was insanely high. It's 10 points against Kansas. I know it's on the road. I just, I, I think this is a spot where it's not like Oklahoma's worried, like looking ahead to OSU next week. They got their scare last week. I, I, I hate to be in total agreement here, but like, OU minus 10, let's roll. And just teed it up for Daniel. Yep. Here you go, Daniel. <laughs> on, on a silver platter, sir. Um, yeah. I mean, I have to, I have to take Kansas plus 10, but listen, Kansas has not covered a double-digit spread in the Big 12 since when they beat West Virginia at the beginning of last year. Like, you know, I'm just saying, something's up. Lance Lance has some troubles, you know, when he's a big dog right now. And if we recall, too, when Kansas won 55-42 against West Virginia uh, early last season, Kansas sort of hadn't arrived yet. You know what I mean? They weren't totally on the radar. Uh, You know, there was some excitement, but – but there wasn't value yet, or excuse me, there was still value in the books taking Kansas. Since then, um, they pushed against Oklahoma last year as a 10-point dog. They didn't cover as an 11-point dog against Baylor last year. They did not cover as an 11.5-point dog against Kansas State. And then this year, it was a 16-, 17-point dog against Texas. You know, they got blown out. So they have not handled being in the spot of being a double-digit dog very well of, you know, sort of in the last year and a half. I I do think Oklahoma is probably going to cover this spread. I don't know. I don't know that the Kansas offense, basically the defense isn't good enough to stop the Oklahoma O, and I don't know that the Kansas offense can keep them within single digits 
But because everyone rolled with Oklahoma here, I have to go take Kansas and and take a shot. So Kansas plus 10, even though I don't think they're going to pull it off. Got to follow the trend. Oh, can I hop it? Yeah. Can I can I hop in real quick on that? Daniel, you mentioned that uh, last year, 55-42 Kansas-West Virginia game. I will always remember that game because as I do my, my what-if uh, rankings and that scenario of, hey, flip every one possession and OT college football game to have the opposite result, had to put in the and OT because that game, despite it being, up being what, a 13-point game or whatever it was, that was an overtime game that ended, of course, with a pick six, I think it was, that that was run back, and Kansas ends up winning really by multiple scores, even though it was overtime. So I will always remember that game, Daniel, uh, because of what it did to to my definition of the, the what-if uh, standings and rankings. So that was a fun game and forever changed my outlook on one-possession games. Just just incredible stuff. Absolutely incredible stuff. Well, Kansas is always incredible. So is the Kansas gear you can find at Charlie Hustle. Like the varsity jackets, of which there are numerous, and they are great. Well, they've got deals with Kansas basketball players, and so they've got some fantastic stuff if you're a fan of a Kansas player. Like maybe Jalen Daniels, you're a big fan of him. They've got some very a very cool t-shirt. Uh, Hunter Dickinson. they got Kevin McCullough here. What else we got? KJ Adams. Oh, the Kansas stuff is fantastic. The varsity jackets for all the Big 12 teams that they have, Kansas State, Baylor, Iowa State ones, are fantastic. In fact, everything that they have Big 12 related at Charlie Hustle is fantastic. Of course, Charlie Hustle Company, a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best-dressed fan this season, football or basketball or volleyball, if that's also your thing. So be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today. Man, the stuff on here is so good. The UCF stuff that they just dropped. Even UCF fans were like, oh, this is good. This is good stuff. The Citronaut shirt. Like, I, I, even if you're not a UCF fan, like, that's fine. I don't know how anyone's like, I, don't, I wouldn't even buy. Like, no, no. They have two Citronaut shirts. The newest one is on a blue shirt. And he's got, it says out of this. It's so freaking awesome. I, I love it. So UCF, go back to it. They've got a bounce house shirt for UCF fans. You're going to want to check out. So go to charliehustle.com. I almost said UCF. Go to charliehustle.com. Check out the more than 30 schools that they have available, including every Big 12 team except for Cincinnati. They do have Colorado. Use the promo code 101215, T-E-N-1215, for 15% off all non-sale items. It's great if you want to make sure that you're ready to go for the end of football season or the start of basketball season. Maybe you want to go do some shopping for the holidays on there. Use that promo code 101215, 15% off all non-sale items. Go shop today at charliehustle.com. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's continue on down the line. We have an 11.30 kickoff in the Big 12. 11.30. 2.30 and kickoff in the Big 12 on ABC. Texas in Austin hosting BYU. This is a series where the BYU has, uh, weirdly enough, kind of kind of dominated in the past. Been a while since these two have faced off, but BYU's taking care of business. 
for this particular game on Saturday. Reminder, no Quinn Ewers for Texas for a few weeks. That doesn't seem to matter to Vegas, Texas. 17 and a half point favorite. I think I see an 18 if that's something you really want. Total around 50, 50 and a half. Kelly, you're up first, sir. What would you like? Yeah, I'm actually, I know you guys talked about at the top how, and Philip, you especially despise these big spreads. And I've already taken Kansas State minus 17. I'm going to do it here too. I'm going to take Texas minus 17 and a half. Guys, my numbers have Texas minus 23 and a half, but it's not explicitly accounting for the Ewers injury here. Now, is any quarterback in college football worth six points, which is essentially what this would be? I don't think so. Do I think Texas is going to cover this anyway, though? Like, I have my reservations about that, too, but I'm going to go with the model here. Um, Texas, guys, it's the number 10 offense in the entire country. The number 11 defense is a really balanced team. They're power rated number seven for me overall. Texas right now uh, in my most deserving rankings, number six. So they are still right up there. They're right in this mix for the CFP. I've got them with a 13% chance to make it to the CFP right now. But they still, I mean, they control their own destiny, if you will, in terms of of making it to the CFP. I truly don't believe we're going to end up with, you know, four or more Power 5 conference champions. And if Texas runs the table and gets revenge on Oklahoma, they've got the win over Alabama in the non-conference that Oklahoma does not have to go along with their Big 12 championship. I personally don't subscribe to that game means any more than the one we saw at the Texas State Fair, but the committee does, and that's what's important here. So Texas still has everything in front of them, everything they want. A Big 12 championship, a college football playoff spot. They have to win. They know that. They need to look good doing it. They know that too. So I think Texas minus 17 and a half here is the play that I'm going to go with. BYU, this is this Texas defense is the best opposing defense that BYU is going to face all year. The BYU offense only number 70. So I have real concerns about how many points BYU is going to be able to score on the road here in Austin. The good news for BYU, if there is any, their defense is at a season best number 43. So I still have that Texas offense top 10. I expect them to get the better of the Cougs defense. But the defense right now for BYU is playing better than I've had them playing all year. BYU, they're a team that I quite honestly... I thought would struggle a little bit making the transition uh, from independence to the power five here in, in, in the big 12. I only had a 41% chance to make a bowl at the, in the preseason. That is now up to an 81% chance. They are just one win away. There's not a single game remaining on the schedule in which my numbers make BYU a favorite, but they have three games that they're a, a, of an underdog of less than a touchdown. That's at West Virginia home to Iowa state and at Oklahoma state. So the numbers think they'll get at least one of those and get bowl eligible either way. It's been a really good year for BYU, their transition into the Power 5 ranks. I said at the top of the show, BYU wins weird games, right? Like if a game is going to be normal, I I don't feel good about BYU this season. Sam Houston game was fairly normal, and they struggled. They got the win. Southern Utah, it's a FCS game. Arkansas, weird game, got the win. Kansas, weird game that went against them because they turned the ball over and Kansas had defensive scores. Cincinnati, weird game. Cincinnati does what Cincinnati does, outgains you but doesn't outscore you. TCU, they just were bad. And then Texas Tech, weird game. So now you're going to Texas against the best defense you faced with an offense where it's Keaton Slovis or bust. And a defense that if it can be, if it can force turnovers, if it can be weird, it can keep them in the game. Like, I think Texas covers this, but I don't, I don't, trust Texas enough to cover to take a 17 and a half point spread. That said, you're getting a backup quarterback who's been there for a while. He 
turned down other offers to go elsewhere. I have real questions of whether or not he'll stay in Austin in this offseason because, you know, Arch Manning's back there in the wings. And again, Malik Murphy's going to get offers. I am subscribing to the the backup's going to come in and his first game in, he's going to look electric because that's what happens in the Big 12 a lot. Backup comes in, looks fantastic for a game. Looks awesome. Going to play great. Going to build up some momentum. Going to build up what his uh, his stock and how much it's going to cost to get him out of Austin in this offseason and get him into the transfer portal and, and to leave because he doesn't want to wait behind Quinn Ewers and, and Arch Manning anymore. And then he'll be mediocre to whatever the next two weeks when he has to fill in and, and we'll see how that goes against Kansas State. But this week, he'll be good. And the Texas defense will play well after its weird game against Houston last week. I don't trust Texas. That game plan makes it sound like I should take Texas by 17 and a half. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take the under because I still feel good about Texas unders. I think the best I can do is 50 and a half. I think that's the, that's the total, the highest I see. I see win and station with it. Uh, and so that's Daniel feel confirmed for me. I'm going to take the yeah. under 50 and a half. I just feel so much better about unders with Texas most of the time. Again, I should have done it last week. It would have paid off for me, and I didn't. Uh, that I'm going to ride with it again. Daniel? So my line, if you don't account for home field advantage, raw number was Texas minus 19. You know, I'll, I'll lean into that Texas will have some amount of home field advantage. So it's like with Quinn, maybe this line's minus 20, minus 20 and a half, something like that. Quarterback at his level, look, it is hard to gauge. I don't know exactly what he is worth to the spread. But when we're talking about a game with a total of 50, and as already been mentioned here, a BYU defense that that is on the up right now, right? Like they're they're performing better than they have been throughout the season. I'm just going to be very surprised if Texas comes out and wins this game by, you know, 20 or more points, you know, 38, 20 is even higher than what Vegas is saying. So it's like 37, 17 is even too high. It's like, man, is BYU really going to be held to like, you know, 15 points? Are we really, really looking at like a 34, 14 type win here? You know, 31, 17 doesn't even get Texas home on the spread. Uh, excuse me, 31, 14. So it's like, it seems like a tall order for this Texas team to come out and just roll like they've been rolling, uh, you know, with, we'll argue, an almost Heisman, you know, caliber quarterback going down. So I got to take BYU. You got some 18s there. I'm seeing 18s at some offshore books, uh, you know, if we're going to allow it. But uh, I thought this line would be hammered more, you know, with Quinn's injury. I was surprised to see it open where it did. I didn't want to say it was a mistake, but I thought, oh, people are going to come in and take this on the other side of 17 for sure. It might even close there. It might get some steam day of the game. But give me the points here with BYU. I have an 18 at South Point and an oh, an 18 and a half at DraftKings. No, no. I did, it, we'll, we'll go 18 flat. South Point's real. South Point's respected. So Fantastic. if they're hanging an 18 right now, that's that's a real line. BYU plus 18. Yeah, I look for a 17. I don't find a 17 anywhere for the those taking Texas. So, But I can get you 18. Very nice. 
Um, Chris. Yeah, that 17 and a half seems like a big number with yours out, but the reality is I feel like this is a line that should be closer to 21, 22 if yours was playing. And I also don't think the drop off behind yours. Yes. He's an elite quarterback. He's very good. But Texas has a lot of talent in the wings. You know, he like, like what is the drop off going to be? And even if, uh, Oh, what's his name? The backup doesn't play well. You have Malik Manning Murphy. behind him. Yeah, yeah, you have Manning behind him. So the other side of it is BYU is a little up and down, especially on the road. The last two road trips have not gone well for them. Um, their last road game, TCU lit them up pretty good, held them to 11. I still like Texas to get the cover here. I'm going to take the Longhorns and – have Kelly and I picked opposite at all yet? Nope. Yeah, that's always... hey, Chris. That's good though. That means that means neither one of us can finish solo last. Man, we're good. Let's keep it rolling. Lockstep. We'll just be last together. Lockstep. Lockstep. I, I will. I will leave this final note on Quinn. Like, you call him elite. He had a really good game against Alabama. I don't I don't give all like the credit to Texas success this season to like Quinn Ewers. I, Where I, would you put him in the Big Twelve? Him in the Big Twelve? Yeah. That would make me go through and think about where I would rank each of the quarterbacks, which is not something I've done enough. Well he's got sure the top can, three, top two. Like he's he's top half of the conference. I can tell you that. I, I'm not I mean, putting, Jalen Daniels we we haven't really seen play this year. Like, see, I don't think even Dylan Gabriel's been number one at this point. Um, yeah, like, even if I put him two, it's not like it's a dominant two, it's a I guess he's, I I guess he, but I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say a number because I don't, I can't do it off the cuff right now. I I just can't. I I don't, he's been fine. I will say, I like Quinn Ewers, the new Quinn Ewers, like. Not not like his appearance, just his new demeanor, his new outlook, his new approach, his new attitude. Like, there's nothing wrong with what he was previously. I'm not going to bash a college kid ever for anything. I just, like, I'm really impressed. I feel like he's matured. I feel like he's grown up. I don't know. I just, I am very impressed with the new 2023 Quinn Ewers. I'm not even talking about the football player. I'm just talking about all intents and purposes, for everything I've been able to gather, interviews and all that stuff. Just seems like a different guy this year, and I, I like seeing that. I think he's grown a lot. Uh Kind of off the field, which is which is cool to see as a, for student athletes. Tell you what, we'll just go off of PFF, which you know, take that with a grain of salt. He's fifth behind Gabriel, Jalen Daniels, John Rice Plumley, and Garrett Green. So I don't, I don't know why is the, why why is there receiving grades for court? Good lord, PFF, I love you, but sometimes. <laughs> just just weird all right uh let's move on down to the game that we affectionately refer to as the battle for the tent trophy if you don't know about the tent gate uh, when it comes to baylor and iowa state go go google it it's the dumbest thing in the world and it's one of my favorite dumb trophies that i've ever made um because it gets a good laugh every time we run it uh iowa state on the road at baylor for a 230 kick at the moment, Iowa State, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. Total is, whoo, 47-and-a-half. I think I see a 47, if that suits your fancy. 
I believe it's me first. Good boy. All right. Let me just roll through the random notes that I have selected here. Um, <laughs> Battle for the 10 trophy. Iowa State is six to nine as a road favorite since 2019. Nice. Iowa State only has five turnovers all year. Baylor has won the turnover battle in their three victories, four to two. Uh, the Iowa State defense. Ah, look, here's the deal. Um, Iowa State secondary, really good. I, I, I do think it is a very solid second, secondary um, and a, a good defense again every year. John Heacock, good defense. Just copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Um, Baylor prefers to pass the ball against Iowa State secondary. That's going to be a problem, even at home. And I think Baylor leaned more into the pass last week. As Grayson said, he thought that they would have a different look last week against Cincinnati. They came out and they passed the ball more and well and changed things up. This is also, I love when somebody who does something awful matches up against someone who is also awful at defending that thing. That would be the Iowa State run game, which is not good. 113th nationally in raw EPA uh, per rush. Baylor's defense is 130th in raw EPA per rush. Uh, They're out of uh, 133 FBS teams. So Baylor's not good against the run. Iowa State's not a great running team, but they have been running the ball better in Big 12 play. All of this leads me to one simple conclusion. Iowa State's the better team. I get it for less than three points. Yeah, give me Iowa State minus two and a half. Daniel. Iowa State was bet almost immediately when this line opened. I uh, I think it opened Baylor plus one, one and a half, something like that. Um, and it was just hammered. I mean, for 24 hours straight, it was bet to a pick em, bet to Iowa State minus one. I think it was Monday morning. I was, even, I was working the board when I saw it happen. It's like whole board lights up out to two, and then you get out to two and a half, and it's like, crap, Iowa State's taking some real money here. Um, it's also at a time when limits are lower, so it's like, you know, are people setting this thing up? And now we've got a juiced up two and a half to where it's like, man, if, if this, you know, if one group sends a release or something this week, they're going to push this thing to a full three. If Baylor's plus three, I'm probably going to get involved with Baylor. Um we sort of called it last week, right, against Cincinnati. That was almost comical that Cincinnati was favored the way they were when you looked at how they were playing. But, right, that's in the past now. We're moving forward. Baylor sitting here as a two-and-a-half-point dog at home. Iowa State's been playing well. They had their own great game against Cincinnati. Uh, they're also off a of bye week here. It's a tough spot. I guess this is another situation where it's like everything screams Iowa State. The line has moved to Iowa State. This is either going to be an Iowa State blowout um, or this is a Baylor straight-up win. That's what happens here. This isn't some little three-point game or something. Iowa State wins this thing by like 14 or Baylor goes and wins it by seven. I'm going to ride with Baylor here just because something doesn't feel right about this line move. If this thing got nailed back to a pick or something later in the week, I wouldn't be shocked at all. So uh, my raw line is a pick I don't know that Baylor has any home field. Probably not. not you know, nothing Iowa State can't handle. So Baylor two and a half. Uh, I my I show that circa when they put out the graphic because I, I tweeted out every Sunday around one twenty when it drops. Had Baylor opening as a three point favorite in this game? No, come on. What? I'm, I'm just I, all I have is the information that says they were a two and a half point favorite. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I got one and a half, which is still, I mean, and, you know, we're talking about a four point swing. So again, you know, two and a half, one and a half, you know, we're talking 
four and a half, five point swing from the open. That's a big deal. So, and now you, you had me pull it up here. People have even been hitting it to two and a half. So maybe some infos out there. Maybe someone knows something about, you know, Baylor's going to announce a ton of guys out or something, but if that's the case, I'm screwed. Something just doesn't feel right about this short line. I think Baylor wins this game straight up. Chris? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see this go to three. Um, you know, efficiency has us closer to Iowa State, almost a touchdown favorite. Uh, so I'd be interested to see what Kelly's numbers are here because that's, I mean, it's interesting. It's also kind of a weird thing where, I mean, transitive wins, we all we all know it doesn't mean anything, but they're, both teams share their most recent opponent, Cincinnati. Iowa State has the, you know, the bye week, but they win that game by 20. Baylor weeks by by three uh, just a week ago. So, oh, transitive wins don't, doesn't mean much, mean much, but that is kind of interesting to look at. I like, I like Iowa State to cover this. Yeah. Give me the clones two and a half. Kelly? Well. Do I even have to answer? If Chris is on Iowa State minus two and a half, you know that's where I'm going, Philip. No, I mean, seriously, my takeaway here is, hey, guys, next time we do this, let's record on Sunday at 1.30 because my number is like Iowa State by four and a half. I mean, geez, that's a seven and a half point swing from where this game opened and it crosses zero. Like, that's, I mean, geez, I, I don't know if I'm missing something or if Vegas was missing something when they opened or what. Like, like Dan was talking about maybe some info out there. I don't know. But my number was Iowa State minus four and a half from the beginning. Um so that that's where I am. Uh, I've got I'll take Iowa State minus two and a half in the pick here. Iowa State by far has the best unit in this game. Their defense is number fourteen nationally. Guys, the other unit ranks in this game, um, Iowa State offense. It is a season best, but it's number seventy nine overall. For Baylor, the offense is seventy eight and the defense is eighty three. Like something sticks out like a sore thumb here. It's the Iowa State defense that's at number fourteen. That that alone, to me is enough to cover two and a half. Like that discrepancy right there on that one side of the ball is enough to cover two and a half here, even though they're on the road, Iowa state is coming off the bye. Chris, I was going to make the same comment about just interesting scheduling quirk. Both of these teams, most recent opponent is not just Cincinnati on the road at Cincinnati. Like th- that doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. And so just an interesting note there, but not actionable, as you said. Um, so yeah, give me Iowa state minus two and a half. My numbers like them by four and a half in this game and uh, Iowa state there. They only have one conference loss. Like I, I'm not, I'm not saying they're gonna go make it to Arlington. Like I, I don't think they will. Um, but as long as they only have one conference loss, they remain in the picture. I've got them behind Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State right now. But hey, they got this game. My numbers make them a one point favorite at home against Kansas, a one point favorite at BYU. It's conceivable Iowa State is entering Week 12, a home game against Texas, with still only one loss. Now, my numbers make them a 15.5-point underdog in each of their final two games, so it likely doesn't last all the way through, but Iowa State's a team, just keep an eye on it. If the offense can get it figured out, which they haven't all year or in recent years, but if they can get it figured out here and match that defense, um, they're still they're still in this thing. So in this game, Iowa State minus 2.5. I want to ask Daniel a question here. So we've seen with Vegas, sometimes we see these lines that seem very suspicious, and they get hammered on one side because the line seems off, but it still doesn't move. And lo and behold, the game plays and, and it was a it was a trap game or whatever. But here we're seeing the line move. I mean, the, the line seemed off and it seems like kind of suspicious, but the line is moving. Does that like is there a stuff factor there? Like Yeah, yeah. So there are enough 
Um, there are enough respected accounts. There are, you know, all, all of these books to varying degrees have accounts that move lines. You know, there's some guys that can go in and bet one or $2,000 and move a line, you know, off of three or, you know, one or, or, you know, half point, one point, stuff like that. And then, you know, if Joe Public walks in and you got a bunch of guys betting $100 a game, $50 a game, you know, a thousand guys in a row, they're just going to leave the line right where it is. So yeah. in this case, you know, I would just surmise that enough, enough respected books and enough places, Circa probably being one of them, took some real deal money from respected accounts early on when this line opened to make them say, hey, we better adjust this. We're getting information from the market, from sources that we think are maybe as correct as we are, or maybe, you know, winning accounts that are respected and we better adjust this line. Nice. Yep. If I'd known what Chris and Kelly were going to do, I would have rode with the un- over on this one because I think the over is the right side as far as the total goes. And oh, All right. Well, congrats, Daniel, on that win as well. That's two wins we've gifted Daniel this week. Man, this is, you know, it, it's good to keep things we're, easy. We're, it's good to keep things We're really going to test that theory. We're It's getting tested this week. Um, yeah. Yeah. We have three, three on ones uh, this week. So far through five games. Let's see what happens in our last Big 12 game on the schedule. Oklahoma State, our lone night game in the Big 12. This one will be on ESPN2 at 7 p.m. God's time. Oklahoma State hosting Cincinnati. This is homecoming in Stillwater. Daniel, you're up first. What would you like? Man, I've oh, got wait, a feeling. I forgot there. to tell the lines. Sorry. Ha ha. JK. Uh, OSU about a seven and a half point favorite across the board. Total is uh, pretty much a consistent 53. Uh, I have a feeling we might run into another game here where a lot of people are on one side. Um, look, I like what Gundy's done with this team. I, I think we talked about it before we hit record, but, uh, you know, Oklahoma State has really improved these last three weeks. And, I talked about it last week. Cincinnati is not a team I believe in. Um, They're crazy spiraling right now. My raw line on this game is Oklahoma State minus six and a half. So the line's probably about right on, you know, maybe a touch of home field, maybe seven, seven and a half. Uh, Cincinnati, I I don't, I mean, you guys probably know better than I do. Have they ever played at this stadium? Have they ever traveled here to Oklahoma State and played at the stadium? No, they played one time in the Blue Bonnet Bowl back. I'm going to find it. I think it's in like the 40s. So, no. Okay. Okay. So, it's like, yeah, we've got, you know, hey, we've got travel that these kids have never done. Even this staff, uh, you know, has been here to prepare a team for this game. Um, I mean, just this is just a case of two teams going in totally different directions as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Oklahoma State's playing with some grit. Cincinnati can sort of hang around, but it just feels like, I mean, I mean, Baylor isn't even that tough of a team and they sort of did whatever they wanted to. Um, I mean, this is Oklahoma state minus seven and a half, which guarantees that Cincinnati is going to win straight up. So there you go. Give it to me, Oklahoma state. Uh, I will note that uh, to be accurate, Cincinnati has played in Stillwater before. Okay. 1959. Got it. Okay. Well, all right. Okay. You got me on a technicality there. <laughs> uh, Chris. Yeah. I, I said uh, last week, I wasn't going to take Oklahoma state at all anymore this season, because if I'm wrong, then, you know, I went anyway being an Oklahoma state fan. Um, 
the Cowboys have impressed me the last three weeks. This is it's almost unbelievable for a team the first three weeks of the season to look like they might be the worst team in the Big Twelve to then three weeks later look like maybe they're the third best team in the Big Twelve. I mean, clearly Texas and OU are the front runners, but behind that, I mean, it could be Oklahoma State. Uh, Ollie Gordon has just put this team on his back. The guy's a beast. He's a just a legit running back. Could could play and start for almost any team in the country. Uh, so whether or not I believe in Gundy or, or this team and, or whatever, I believe in Gordon. He, he's just unbelievable. He's really turned it on. The problem is Cincinnati's run defense is actually pretty legit, uh, averaging just giving up 100 yards a game. Um, so they're going to – this Oklahoma State turnaround has started with the run game. So they're going to have to establish that against Cincinnati. The advantages being at home, homecoming. You know, this is going to be a pretty good environment. Oklahoma State's uh, seats are very, very tight to the field. Uh, paddle people, all that will be different for for Cincinnati. And efficiency, I, I think, has this closer to Oklahoma State uh, minus 11. And I'm not sure that – I mean, I think the first three weeks of that kind of play into it a little bit. So that might not even be, you know, how they're recently playing – Oh, I'm going to take a flyer. I said I wasn't going to do it, but I think we're going to. I think we're going to change my mind here. I'm going to take Oklahoma State to cover the seven and a half because I feel like this is probably closer to a ten point game. Kelly, I hate that it just happened, but we're we're finally going to have a disagreement, which means one, oh, of, no. us, one of us, Chris, could at least in the Big Twelve segment finish dead last on our own. Uh, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to take Cincinnati plus seven and a half. Listen, I don't feel good about it. My numbers make this um, Oklahoma minus seven. So I mean. There's like no oh, value. Interesting. Yeah, there's like no value in this game for me here, but I'll take Cincinnati and the seven and a half. Um, my numbers, this is the best I've had Oklahoma State power rated all year at number 42. Uh, if I look at the Cincinnati power rating page, it's a lot of red right now, guys. I mean, this team has lost five in a row. So that that's in and of itself not great. From a power rating standpoint, they're at 0.3 raw rating. That's the worst they've been all year. Number 61 corresponding ranking. That's the worst they've been all year. The defense is number 59. That's the lowest they've been all year. The good news for Cincinnati is typically when I see that much red across that single row, it usually bounces back a little bit the next week. It's it's rare to see it just consistently falling unless the bottom's falling out, which, you know, at this point, maybe the bottom's falling out of Cincinnati if you've lost five games in a row. My numbers don't make the Bearcats a favorite in any of their remaining games. This one proving to be, or projecting to be, their most difficult of the remaining slate, though. So, Oklahoma State, hey, they're riding high. They've won three in a row. Cincinnati, they've lost five in a row. These trends are going in opposite directions. Maybe it's a time that Cincinnati can can cover the spread here. I don't feel great about it because I don't think there's a lot of value in this one based on my line, but Oklahoma State, advantage on both sides of the ball. They're at home. Cincinnati, they're, hey, we said it. They're 1-0 and in Stillwater all time with that win coming in 1959. So who knows? Maybe they can recapture the magic from all those years ago. Give me Cincinnati plus 7.5. Uh, South Point has an 8, so congratulations. you get. Hey, there we go. I'll take that. Thank you. <clears throat> I am not touching the spread because, as Chris noted, I think Oklahoma State should cover this by 10. Um, Oklahoma State is going to win this game. Mike Gundy is 12 and 5. Oh, Lord. As Please the, knock on wood. Hold on. Oklahoma State is 12 and 5 in homecoming when, as, with, with Mike Gundy as the head coach. They didn't have homecoming in 2020. It's 12 and 3 since 2007 because he lost his first two. And they played bad teams and they played good teams. 
It doesn't matter. They get up for homecoming. Yes, I know. Bedlam is next week. I don't believe Gundy's comment of, oh, it's next week. We didn't realize it was next week. Bull. Hockey. <laughs> nonsense. I'm not going to play look ahead because Oklahoma State typically does well the week before Bedlam. And I don't think because it has anything to do with Bedlam. And because Gundy is way too even keel about Bedlam, I think he does it to make sure his team doesn't get too high or too low. But homecoming is going to be something to be excited about. Cincinnati has a good defensive line. They could slow Ollie Gordon down. I think that's going to benefit the Oklahoma State passing game. Uh, Cincinnati plays fast. They put up a lot of yards that don't matter. They also tend to put up a lot of garbage stats when playing from behind. By the way, there's some rain in the forecast for this game. I'm taking the over. I fear the Cincinnati backdoor cover in this game. I don't know why. I just do. I, I see OSU up by 14 in the fourth quarter. Cincinnati, they've put in the backups because Gundy doesn't care about blowing teams out. They load up in the backups for the last two minutes, and Cincinnati has a nice two-minute touchdown drive to cover, and, and OSU wins by seven in a game where they really won by two, by two scores. So I'm staying away from that. The best number I see, oh, bless you, Circa. I love you so much. I have a 52 at Circa, and I'm going to take it. I'm taking over. 52 in this game real quick. I wanted to add, because we both mentioned this about homecoming. Um, it's a real thing in Oklahoma state, just to throw that out there. They, they, it's a big celebration all weekend long, starting with walk arounds. Greek life gets really involved with house sticks. There's a parade with floats. Uh, homecoming at Oklahoma state is bigger than it is at most schools. So, so, I mean, some of you out there might not think homecoming is a big deal. And at some schools, it's really not. It's just kind of a uh, formality. But at Oklahoma State, it's a big thing. They celebrate it. And that's probably why they've had so much success uh, on homecoming weekend. I, they take homecoming seriously. They just do. Like it, it. I know everyone says their homecoming is a big deal. I get it. Mm-hmm. But, like, there are places where homecoming is. Like, there are some places where it's all about your one rivalry game. Or your one marquee game. For OSU, yeah, there's Bedlam every year. It is about homecoming. And and, and they, they they care about winning that game a lot. All right. We wrap this up the same way we do every week. We look at a non-Big 12 pick. Everyone can pick any game on the board against the spread total. If you want to just pick a dog straight up, you're welcome to do so. It doesn't give you anything extra, but you can. No one's done it yet. I might at some point. Uh, I believe that Chris is up first here. Sir, what's your non-Big 12 pick this week? Yeah, so after the last couple of weeks haven't been great, I just got to go back to basics. And basics for me, it's just riding with Coastal Carolina. I mean, Marshall's 2-5 and five against the spread on the road at Coastal Carolina, who's 5-2 and two against the spread. I haven't really leaned on them a whole lot this year. Um, but Marshall's a four-point favorite. Um Efficiency stats have this a much closer game, a little bit tighter, a little closer to heads up. So I'm going to take Coastal Carolina, and I'm not going to take the the money line, but I do think they get the win. I think it's driving me nuts. I'm trying to find the line. Why Why are you being this way, Vison? I'm seeing I'm seeing four. Yeah, I saw the four last. The only option is what I see. Great. All right. So plus four. Great, because I cannot. I literally, it's not. Yes. It's not my yeah. friend. <laughs> 
So yeah, plus gonna, four. I'm going to take your word for you. Four. I'm gonna, four. No, it is. It is plus four. I'm going I'm to take your word. I'm going to trust you here because VEASAN <laughs> sucks right now. Uh, Kelly. I'm tempted to do what you said no guest has done yet this year and take an underdog as money line. I, I, I know Riley Leonard's hurt and potentially not playing or won't play. My number's still like Duke by about one in that game. So I do think if I was going to do that, I would. I won't do it, though. I just got to put it out there. Watch. Now they will actually win, and my pick won't. But I'm actually going to go to the Mountain West. Uh, I'm intrigued by this Mountain West race just overall. I, I think it's a really good race, and there's a lot of teams still in it here. Air Force clearly still undefeated is, is the favorite. But um, a lot of teams still vying for that second spot. I'm going to go with Fresno State. I think I'm seeing the line Fresno State minus seven and a half. I don't like the hook, obviously, but my numbers make this closer to Fresno State minus 10. I think there's a couple advantages here. I think Fresno State, you know, they're coming off of an off week. Um, UNLV is not. UNLV won a two-point game at home last week against Colorado State. I think Fresno State's got the advantage on both sides of the ball. UNLV is still in this conference race. I've talked about how like excited I am for it. I think it's great. Fresno State, Wyoming, UNLV, Boise State, even all these teams still in this thing. Boise plays Wyoming. UNLV plays Fresno State. So a big leverage week in the Mountain West. The winner here is going to have the inside track to that kind of second spot in the Mountain West Championship game. I don't think UNLV is really that good, though. Like, I, I, just, I just don't. I haven't power rated number 85, which is a season best, but they're 6-1 and one overall. They're 3-0 and oh in the conference. Their only loss is on the road at Michigan, who now I have power rated number one in the country. So this team should be feeling really good about themselves, and I think they are. I just think Fresno is going to be you know, the best team they played outside of Michigan. And I just, they're have to go on the road. I just, I don't see them covering even the seven and a half. So I just, it's it's just a feeling. My numbers do back it up. Give me Fresno State minus seven and a half. Um, I think they get it done by, by, by more than that. So that's where I'll go here, but keep an eye also on that ACC game. I think Duke, they might surprise some people. So just keep an, keep an eye on that one. I will keep an eye on that one. I actually was looking at that game and potentially taking the under in Duke and Louisville. I'm not going to, I like trends. I know. No, no, nothing lasts forever. But did you know that Vanderbilt is eight zero to the over so far the season? That's a that's a thing. And they're playing who? Oh, they're playing Ole Miss. That's right, they're playing Ole Miss. And I know, I know, that it's a high total. It's sixty three and a half. I keep looking everywhere. No one has anything lower than that that I can find. That's a lot of points to score. Not a lot of value in that. I don't care. Give me the over 63 and a half in Vandy Ole Miss. I'm just going to ride with what's something that's continued to happen all season long. Going to expect it to happen again. Daniel? Right, I get a spot here that only comes around. Actually, I got two spots that I love that is stacked up on one game, and this is such an ugly, awful game. So, um, Last week, I don't know if you remember, we took Charlotte because they were visiting Excuse me, they were a conference visitor off being shut out. That now moves to 79, 52, and 3 since 2006. Charlotte covered. And on the year, that spot is now 3-0. and So conference visitors after being shut out. Um, UMass fits that bill this week. Um, what happens is they fit that as plus 10 against an Army team. That, this spot only comes around, sorry, I got to pull it up here. It only comes around every couple of years. Army has not scored for two games in a row. Straight up, they've been shut out two games in a row. So when you have a team that has been shut out two games in a row, no matter what their spread is for the next game, they are 0-11 against the spread since 
excuse me, if they're plus 21 to minus a thousand, right? So if they're anywhere in that bubble uh, from two games of being shut out, they're 0 and 11 since 2006. And so you're telling me I've got an army team that has to cover 10 points against a Massachusetts team that's been shut out two great spots that I love colliding 10 point dog in a 48 point game. We got spread differential. We got, you know, a, a low total road dog. Got every single angle we love. UMass plus 10. That is bravo, sir. That is some true college football sicko level nonsense. And I, <laughs> I, I love you for it. I applaud you. That's fantastic. Goodness. Those are the two most random things I've ever seen. And army. Okay. Yeah, that's great. You guys are, I love this. This is so much fun. Uh, this has been awesome. I appreciate everybody. Kelly, do me a favor, plug it all, sir. Where can everybody find out all the incredible stuff that you do covering college football? Yeah, I appreciate it, Philip. Really, this is so much fun. I always love coming on the 1012 Network, talking with you, Chris, Daniel. It's just it's just excellent. So you can find me on X at KFord Ratings, the website, kfordratings.com. Really, everything that I used to discuss these games here to during this recording, I got from the website. It's stuff that I'm posting on the website. So check me out in those places. That's That's got all my content. I'm also over at thelines.com, writing a couple articles every single week, doing a college football podcast over there. So between all those areas, that should get you covered. But I just, I really appreciate it, Philip. This is such a fun podcast to join. You're, you're such a great host. And uh, I just love the Big 12. And it's been a fun last couple years of the last big 12 versions that we've known. And this is kind of a one hit wonder year and trying to enjoy it because who knows what the future holds, but I know next year's 16 and I'm really excited. So just excited for you, excited for this podcast and always enjoy coming on. Appreciate it, man. You can find Daniel on Twitter at Danner B seven D a N N E R B seven Slack chat going strong. Oh man. We're, we're going wild. NBA just started last night. So Fire and picks, NHL monster slate last night. I mean, this is the busy time of the year. These next two or three months are just it's as good as it gets for sports betting. Well, college basketball is almost here, and that's your that's exactly. where you make your bread and butter right there. Yeah, so, that's where I that, that's where I get to move out of the car. You know, after <laughs> two straight years, we talked about how to get get picks from you during basketball season. In two straight years, I have failed tremendously to do so. We're going to figure something out here. We're going to figure something out. Big twelve picks. Uh, Patreon, ten twelve network Patreon. Go, uh, go sign up, support the podcast that you love the most from the ten twelve network, and uh, we'd appreciate it. Uh, you can check out the Patreon links in the bio. Of course, we are on Twitter at ten twelve network t e n the number twelve the word network. Same uh, handle on Blue Sky ten twelve pod on Instagram and Threads. If you're listening on YouTube, please do us a favor, like this video, leave us a comment, subscribe. We would appreciate it. If you are listening out there in podcast land. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. It's been a little while. I need to go check to see if I have some reviews to read. Maybe we'll do that on Monday. We would greatly appreciate it. We will be back on Monday to review the weekend that was and look ahead to the week that will be. Enjoy the games, everybody. Podcast Network.